Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, how's everybody doing today? All right, that makes three of you. Come on, let me ask one more time and show me that you're alive, that you got a pulse, a heart rate, and you're you're happy to be in church today. How's everybody doing today? All right, all right, all right, all right. Fantastic, fantastic, awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, hey, I want to um, I want to welcome you again to Renew Church. If you're a guest this morning, do me a favor, fill out that connect card. Make sure that you um. Drop that in a, a, a bucket or a box on your way out. And if you're a dad, uh, there's a special purpose behind that Connect card. So even if we know who you are, you need to fill that out legibly and completely. Mikey's going to tell you more about why you need to do that in the service today. Well, man, I am super excited about this message this morning. We had a, a very powerful uh, first service, and uh, I can't wait to share this message with each and every one of you. But before we do that, let me, let me open in prayer one more time, and let's just pray that God would, His Spirit would begin to speak to hearts and lives through this message. Would you do that? Will you pray with me? Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, we again come before you, and we give you today. I pray that you would remove the distractions and the things that are all around us so that we could just hear you and what you're saying and what you're doing in, this, in, in our lives and in this church. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, hey, let me, uh, let me just do this. Uh, this morning we're in less is more as a sermon series but this is the last week of it less is more it's the, through the book of Colossians we've been talking about this and Colossians is a, a book that kind of focuses on or emphasis a few emphasizes a few things first of all less tradition more gospel less religion more relationship less false teaching and more Jesus. In other words, as I've said many times, more Jesus and less of everything else. So our key verse for the series as we've been talking through it is this Colossians chapter 3, which says this, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. That's what we've got to do, and that's what this, this whole letter to the Colossians is all about. Pastor Ricardo preached last week, and he talked about the fact that we've got to have less mess and more change. Less mess and more change. It's time to change. It's, it's summertime. Spring is over. We, we're done talking about spring cleaning. It's not even spring cleaning anymore. It's summer changing. And Pastor Ricardo brought a great word on that from chapter 3. And I'm going to take us back. I'm going to take us back to chapter 2. I know that that's not, you know, sequential order. For those of you that are OCD, you're like, how is he going from one to three to two. Well, that's just what I'm doing, and I'm the pastor, so I'm going to do that today. I, I want you to catch something in Colossians chapter two that I don't think you should miss from this text. And here's my, my opening thought. This is the thing that I want you to get if you don't get anything else. Spiritual growth, spiritual growth, it doesn't happen by accident. Spiritual growth does not happen by accident. In, in other words, in the same way that someone doesn't accidentally climb Mount Everest or coincidentally win an Olympic medal, it doesn't happen. Spiritual growth doesn't happen by, by accident. It takes effort and intentionality. Like nobody goes for a walk in Kathmandu and ends up at the very highest peak on, on, the, on the world, right? It, it just doesn't happen. It takes intentionality and uh, effort. Oftentimes, the difference between winning and losing is in a game is one shot, one decision, or one play. Think about the Eastern Conference Finals. I hope that some of you uh, watched that. You guys know who was in the Eastern Conference Finals? Anybody know? The Miami Heat. Come on, let's go Heat. Anybody excited about the Heat? No, you're not, because they lost, I know. But here's the thing. Let me, let me take you back. Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Game 7, Jimmy Butler, final seconds, fast break. They're down by two. And had Jimmy Butler taken the ball to the basket on Al Horford, it was like a fast break. Had he taken the ball to the basket, which he could have because Al Horford is a dinosaur, like he's old, he could have tied the game. Or better yet, Al might have tried to stop him and he fouled him. And then not only would he have tied the game, but then he would have scored the, the free throw and then they would have won the game. But instead, 
he didn't do that. Um, he settled for a three-pointer. He missed, and we lost the game. And then the Celtics go. The Celtics go to the, the, the finals, and then they lose to the Golden State Warriors. And um, maybe it was better that we didn't play the Warriors because that team is unbelievable. Like, watching those guys shoot from, like, 100 feet away blows my mind every time I watch them. So, but it's one decision. Uh, what was the point of that? It was one decision. It's, it's one play, one basket. For Jimmy Butler, that one move changed everything. But getting to that place, to be in that position, required Jimmy Butler to be the all-star that he was. Like, he had to have natural talent. He had to have lots of practice. He had to have early morning training and late-night shoot-arounds. Those were the things that got him to that place. So there was this moment, that moment that we just talked about with seconds left that he misses the shot. That was, that was the moment. That was the event. But the process of getting there was everything else. Being the superstar that he became even gave him that opportunity to get there. I titled my message this morning, Trust the Process, as we talk about spiritual growth and how spiritual growth is a process. You see, if you're taking notes, I think this is in your worship guide, the things you do with the opportunities you have will define the person that you become. The things you do with the opportunities that you have will define the person that you become. Every opportunity you have, or, or you say lack thereof, those things that you don't have, they will define the person that you become. So let's go to our text today. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, and let's hear what Paul says to this church in Colossae. Colossians 2, chapter 2, starting at verse 1. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and I delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. I want to stop right there for just a second. So the Apostle Paul, he's saying, man, I see you, Colossians. I see you, church at Colossae. You might be a small church, less than 45 people, and maybe we've never met in person, but I am with you. I see you. I'm carrying your spiritual burden. He's saying, even though I'm not with you, I'm with you. Does that make sense? Like, literally, he's got their back. I'm, I'm contending, he says. I'm in the fight so that you will have an understanding, and, and not just any understanding, he wants them to have a complete understanding. So when someone starts to tell you about a different Jesus, you will recognize it as a false teaching. In verse 6, he says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up, strengthened in the faith, as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, and see to it, that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. The false teachers were trying to refer to Jesus like that little stick that you use to support a young tree that has just been planted. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you're a landscaper, if you've ever planted a tree, you plant the little seedling, the little tree in the ground, and oftentimes when you plant it, you put the little stick there. They, they were referring to Jesus in that way, saying, you know, it's useful in the beginning, but after, the, after a while, the tree takes root, and the tree can fully support itself, and, and the need for the stick, it's really not needed at all. It becomes less and less. In Colossae, the need for Jesus was becoming less and less. And Paul is, is saying, though, that's not right. On the contrary, Jesus is not the little stick. You've got to be rooted and, and be built up in Jesus. Jesus is, is, is not the stick or just some kind of support. Remember what we talked about in week two. Jesus holds everything together. He's, the, 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 he's in the, the protein. He's in the, 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 the things that keep us on the ground, the gravity. He's in this universe that keeps everything spinning just the way that it does. Jesus is not just the support. Jesus is everything. Christ is the supremacy. You'll see that as you read that through this chapter. 
Jesus holds everything together. In fact, this is what Jesus says about himself in John 15, 5. He says, I am the vine. I'm not a stick. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. In other words, Jesus is not the stick. He's not the support. He's the actual trunk of the tree. He's the vine that the branches grow off of. So you've got to stay connected to that. If not, you don't remain in it. You're like a branch that tears off, that breaks off, and is thrown into the fire and is burned. So, Jesus is the foundation of life. He's in the roots. Without him, there's no life. Jesus provides all the nutrients for life and living. For in Christ, he says in verse 9, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In other words, it's everything. Everything is in Christ. It's not an add-on. It's not just part of our faith. It's central to our faith and who we are. We are gospel-centered. We are focused in on Jesus Christ and him crucified. You see, the overarching theme of chapter 2 is about the process of spiritual growth, growing and maturing in Christ. Not just getting saved, not just this idea of, of, of you know, experiencing salvation and, and, and raising your hand and, and becoming a Christian. He's trying to explain to this young church of new believers to not give up on growing. You see, growth is not instantaneous. It takes time. How many of you realize that as you've, as you've grown and you've matured? Or maybe as parents, you've watched your children and, and you wish they would come out of the stage of crying all the time or uh, you know, needing you know, to be potty trained. All of these things are part of that process, but it doesn't happen overnight. Growth takes time. Growth is a process. And he's trying to explain to this church that that same thing is happening in your spiritual growth. John Maxwell talks in his 21 Laws of Leadership about one of those laws is the law of process. And he states that there is a process to our growth. And so I just kind of want to emphasize a few of these, these verses in Colossians chapter 2 because he says these things here. Um, first of all, he says, I want you to know how hard I'm contending. And the apostle, uh, John Maxwell says, I, I, uh, everything that you do that, that is in this process takes work. For the process to happen, it takes work. And Paul is saying, it's not just me like, you know, coincidentally leading you. No, I am working hard at doing what I'm doing. I want you to know how hard I'm contending to do the things that I'm doing. John Maxwell talks about the importance of knowledge in the spiritual, I mean, in the law of the process. And in, in, in this passage in chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is saying, you have to have this knowledge. I want you to know the mystery of God, namely Christ. The mystery is Christ himself. He's identifying what the mystery is. The, the, the law of process says it requires focus. So not only does it take hard work and, and knowing, but it requires focus because it's so easy for us to get distracted. It's so easy for us to take our minds off of things. And, and Paul says in, in uh, that passage, he says, don't be deceived by fine arguments. Don't allow things in life to distract you from the things that I want you to stay focused on namely Christ. The law of process, John Maxwell's law of process says it requires accountability. We don't always like accountability. We, we would like to have the process be a process minus accountability. That's why 12-step uh, groups, that's why CR and, and some of these different groups that, that, that are there, they fall apart when you get to step four. When you get to that place where you're having to become accountable and we're having to like really uncover some of your brokenness and your, 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 your hidden secrets or your past. Those are the times in your life where you're just like, you know what, I'm not into this. I don't want to do this because it's hurtful, it's hard, it's painful. But that's what it requires if you want to grow. The law of process says it requires accountability. And the Apostle Paul says, I delight to see your discipline and how firm your faith is. He's, he's saying to them, I'm watching what you're doing and I know how you're growing in your faith, it, in the law of process, it says it takes application. It requires application. You've got to apply the things that you learn. 
Paul says, continue to live your life in him. You know, not just hear it and just pretend like everything's fine. No, live your life in him. Apply these things to your life. Make this part of who you are. The law of process says it takes past experiences. The Apostle Paul says, just as you receive these things, he's saying, even as you've received them, live in them, and use them, and apply them. And then the law of process says it takes gratitude. To, to grow, you've got to be thankful for the things you have, the experiences that you've made. Paul says, be overflowing with thankfulness. So, we're talking about spiritual growth. We're talking about what it takes to, to, to grow and the fact that it's not an event, it's a, it's a process. And everything worthwhile, John Maxwell says, is always uphill. Everything worthwhile is always uphill. In other words, like we said about Mount Everest or winning an Olympic medal, it didn't just happen by accident. It happened because we pushed through. It's because we fought. It's because we trained. It's because we prepared. It's the law of the process. Now, there is events, and events matter, like Jimmy Butler at the last second on the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final. Events matter, but it's about the build-up to the event. It's the process that gets you to where you're going in that event. Let me give you another example. There's a difference between salvation, beginning your walk with Christ, and spiritual growth. So salvation is an event. Salvation is that moment in time, and we share the gospel every Sunday. If not every Sunday, almost every Sunday, we give a gospel invitation. Why? Because we never know if it might be this person, someone in the room's last opportunity uh, to, to make it right with God. So we do it every week. Some people are like, why do you always give people an invitation? Because I have preached people's final sermon before they died before. Not knowing that it was going to be their final sermon, but it was. And I don't want to miss that opportunity. And I don't want somebody to, to, to say, wow, pastor, you, you had the chance and you didn't. You didn't give them that invitation. So there's this, there's this thing that happens. We give an invitation and people accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior but that doesn't, that's, not the, that's not the end all. That's just the beginning. That's the event that leads to a growth process. You see, events encourage decisions, but the process encourages development. Events motivate people. You know, we, we have special events and, and, and people get excited. They go to conference and they're, they're like, man, on fire. They go to youth camp like our kids are going this week. We have 59 kids registered to go to camp. Kids and adults, come on, let's give praise for that. Crazy, crazy stuff. And you guys are a huge part of that. You supported, you gave, you helped us raise the money so that these kids could go and it didn't cost their parents anything. So thank God for each and every one of you that did that. But like camp is an event. Pastor Mikey, you sit standing back in the back. It's an event. It's that moment in time where they're going to they're gonna come, they're going to play games, they're going to hear the gospel, they're going to they're gonna get excited about Jesus, but then they're going to come back to the real world. They're going to come back to Miami. They're going to come back to, you know, their Instagram and all the stuff that they're seeing in their community. And then it's going to require the process, the spiritual growth process, because the event doesn't last, but the process does. So we've got to have that. Events uh, uh, motivate people, but the process matures people. Youth group and, and church services and small groups and, and small group leaders leading these teenagers, these are all things in the process. Events, they, they affect the calendar, but the process affects the culture. It changes what is happening. It's, it's not just a one-day big event. It's, it changes the culture. Events challenge people. But the process changes people. Yeah, you, you go and, and you make a decision for Christ and, and it, it challenges you and you say yes, but the process is what really makes you different. You, you're different today than you were yesterday. We talk about that, that uh, work of salvation, but there's also the work of sanctification. And sanctification is this process, this growth in grace. And, and today I'm, I'm here and I'm struggling with this, but... Uh, I'm slowly getting set free from this, this thing in my life, this bondage, this sin, this, this hurt, whatever it is, and God's giving me this freedom. Oftentimes that's in a process. 
Tomorrow I'll be stronger than I was today, and today I'm stronger than I was yesterday. That's, that's the process. Does that make sense? I want you to get that we're not just talking about events at Renew Church. Yes, we love events, but we also love the process because the process doesn't just... Uh, the events challenge people, but the process changes people. The event is immediate, and it's oftentimes pretty easy. You can throw together an event. We can call some people and, and, and get a barbecue grill, and we can uh, get, have a giveaway, and we can have an event called Father's Day at Renew. But the process, it takes time and energy and resources. It takes uh, uh, giving of everything we have to make Renew Church what it is. Not just Father's Day at Renew Church, which nobody's going to talk about next week, Father's Day, any more than nobody's talking about Mother's Day anymore. It's, it's an event versus the process that happens. Here's another example, Father's Day. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but becoming a father is an event. <laughs> um, some of y'all are thinking about that right now. Yeah, it is an event. Conception, that's an event. Uh, birth, that's an event. Father's Day, that's an event. These are all events. Becoming a father is an event. But really being a father is a process. Dads, you being a father, not just becoming a father, but being a father, teaching your, your baby to walk, that's a process because she's going to fall back down when you pick her, back, when you pick her up. It, showing them how to treat other people and, and teaching them those ways and guiding them in the ways of the Lord, that's process. Disciplining your children and taking care of their health and their well-being and and showing them how to become a responsible adult. That's not an event. That's a process. Does that make sense? Yes, there is the event of being a, becoming a father. But being a father is a process. Here's another one. Becoming a follower of Christ is an event. Repentance. Being born again. Getting baptized. Which, by the way, we're having a baptism next weekend. If you haven't been baptized, you ought to join us for that. And and go to our website and fill out the form and take that next step. We'll reach out to you about that. These are events. They're special days that remind you of your Christian faith. That Those are events. But being a follower of Christ is a process. Being a follower of Christ is a process. Walking daily with God. Learning to pray and study the Bible. Being part of a small group. Discovering your unique gifts and purposes and using those gifts for God's kingdom and his, his, for, for His purpose. Like all of these things are a process. These are, are growing you as a follower of Christ. We talk about it all the time at Renew. It's on our, our, our signage, on our website. It's things we print in our print material. We want to help people know God. That's, that's the event. Salvation, that's the event. We want to help you know God. But not just know God, we want to help you find freedom. That means find freedom from your past, from your yesterdays, from your habits, your hang-ups, your struggles, whatever it is. How do you do that? You get into a smaller group. You get to know some people. You get out of rows and you get into circles and you meet some people that are doing life, that are helping you and praying for you and encouraging you. We want to help you find freedom. Then we want to help you discover purpose. We talk about that all the time. That's what we're doing right after this service. We have growth track. I think Zabrina's in here. Zabrina, rave your hand. Zabrina's our growth track leader this morning. And so right after the service... Grab a shish kebab and then step into the connections room for a, a quick uh, growth track class, 201, to discover your purpose, to know why you exist. It's part of your process uh, to discover your purpose so that what? So you can make a difference. You can be one of the people that are a part of this process of um, making Renew Church what it is and what God wants it to be. You can, you can become that follower of Jesus that God's calling you to be. Not just the one time, yes, I said yes to Jesus, but the, the daily dying and the, the complete surrender and fully following of Jesus. So my dad, he used to say this, and I think we have a picture of, of my dad and I. Do we have that picture? That's my dad. Uh, happy Father's Day to, to, to my dad. He passed away. Those of you that didn't know that, he passed away last year. And... Um, that picture was a couple of years ago. It was super early in the morning. He was getting on a flight, and I said, Dad, let's take a picture together. And my dad hates selfies. He <laughs> hates photos. He hates all of that stuff. But um, he did it because I asked him to. So that was one of our last selfies together. It's funny because um, 
Last time I was on a, a, a flight back from Belize with him, we were coming back from Belize and we were going through, um, I always get it mixed up. Is it immigration? Is that the one where they do the like face scan and all that stuff? And uh, I do the face scan and I smile in it. And my dad, he basically does that in it. And we have this little conversation on the way from there to the next stop where he's like, you know, um, I really don't know how to smile like, you know, on, on uh, demand. I, I laugh a lot and I smile a lot. I love jokes and everything. But when someone wants to take a picture of me, I don't know how to do that for whatever reason. And that's just who my dad was. That's, that's the kind of guy he was. But uh, my dad was a huge influence on my life. You can drop that photo down. And he would say this. He would say, there are three types of people in the world. There are people who watch things happen. Those are the spectators. Those are the people that are in the sidelines that are watching things happen. He would say, there are people who make things happen. Those are the leaders. Those are the ones that are getting it done. And then there are the people who ask, what happened? I have no idea what just happened. I just, I just showed up and look at all of this. It's, it's amazing. They must be doing something right. There are people who watch things happen. There are people who make things happen. And there are people who ask, what happened? I don't know. I hope that you're not the one that just sits on the sideline watching. I hope that you're not the one that shows up every once in a while and is like, what happened? I hope you become that one that is making things happen. Why? Because you're spiritually growing, because you are in the process. The person that's making things happen has stayed fully connected to Christ, and they're daily growing in Christ. See, I believe that you are as close to God as you, don't, as you want to be, and if, if you don't feel as you are as close as you want to be, then the things in your life uh, are perfectly designed to make you the person that you are today. Steph, if you want to make your way back up. What are you talking about, Trevor? What do you mean by that? The things in your life, you're as close to God as you want to be. And if you don't feel you're as close as you want to be, then your life, your practices, your hobbies, your spiritual disciplines, or lack thereof, your relationships, all of these things that are in your life that define you, just kind of like make a bucket and say, this is my, the way I spend my money, this is the way I spend most of my time, this is my hobby, these are my friends, this is my, my, uh, my, my, my habits. Good or bad. I'm not just talking about bad stuff. Good hobbies, good friends, good ways to spend time, all of these things. You are perfectly created. You are perfectly designed to make you who you are right now. If you're like, man, I just feel so lazy and lethargic all the time, it's because you don't get up. It's because you don't move around. It's because you don't find ways to become more active. Fill in the blank, anything. Use any example. Use anything that you want. But what I'm saying is, is you're perfectly designed to be who you are. Yeah, there's sometimes external circumstances, people that have done things unto you or health issues or whatever the case, but you can overcome some of those things. God can help you with those things, but you are perfectly designed to be the person you are. John Maxwell says this, and I think I quoted it earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Anything that is worthwhile is always uphill. He quotes this a lot, so it's important enough for this guy that's like a New York Times bestseller. I want you to get it. Anything that is worthwhile is always uphill. You don't coast into it. You don't just accidentally run upon it. It happens because you worked at it. It happens because you grew into it. It happened because you fill in the blank. And I get it. It's hard to find time to go to a small group. I, I get it. It takes discipline to read the Bible. I get it. I've been there. It, leading a church, it, it doesn't happen on accident. Trust me. I know. But we have a choice. We can be those that watch things happen. 
We can be those that make things happen, or we can show up every once in a while and say, what happened? I don't know, what happened? Which one are you? Don't be the spectator. Don't be oblivious. Be a leader, making things happen. Grow in your faith. Grow in your walk with Christ. Be intentional about everything that you do and everything you're pushing yourself towards. Don't allow the, 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 uh, the stuff to be done unto you. No, push yourself towards these things. I was uh, watching this um, conference online a little bit, just following it on social media and stuff like this. Um, it's, it's called a VU conference. It's in town this, this, uh, this weekend. And I wanted to go, and I ended up just last minute. I didn't end up uh, buying a ticket and doing it and stuff like that, but I've still been following it and uh, being a part of it. Anybody ever heard of the VU Conference or VU Church? Great church, um, big church, reaching a lot of young people up in uh, Miami. They have a couple locations, Pastor Rich Wilkerson. And um, I, was, I was watching that, and, and uh, I was like, man, they're filling up the Bank United, not Bank United, it's called Watsco now, right? The University of Miami Basketball Arena, filling it up, filling it up. In, in Miami on the weekend for like three days, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, something like that, crazy. And I'm like, that's insane, that's awesome. But I was, I was there. Anybody remember the One Conference in 2010? Manny knows about it. A couple of y'all know about the, the One Conference. It was like a citywide uh, church conference hosted by Calvary Chapel. And I was there, I was up in the, the whatever you call it, up in the you know, nosebleeds. And I was a part of that, and I was like, in 2010, I'm like, that was awesome. In fact, we, it, it birthed a, something exciting in a, a school that we did, an outreach we did, because I was a, a youth pastor at the time, a big event that we did with, amongst youth groups in Homestead. So when I walked out of the one conference in 2010, I walked out of there, and, and there was a little girl, and, and I still remember it like vividly, because she was kind of all alone, and she was kind of... Um, looking awkward and she was like hey do you, do you guys want to go to the VU conference and I'm like the VU the what the VU the VU the who the what and she was handing out these little flyers for the for the VU conference in 2010 and I'm like don't you see like we're at a conference and it's amazing and it's huge and it's like like that's awkward that you're doing that and here we are 12 years later, and nobody knows anything about the one conference right now. Not, not to say anything about the impact that it didn't have, because it had a great impact on my own personal life. But it, it's the, this boo conference is this like place to be for conferences in Miami right now, 12 years later. Why do I tell you that? I tell you that because it didn't happen like that. It didn't happen in a minute. It didn't happen because the pastor woke up one morning and said, hey, get your backpack and, and let's print a bunch of, uh, uh, of you know, material and let's go rent the Bank United Center or Watsco Arena and let's, let's, let's have a, a conference tomorrow. No, it, it took a dozen years to get to the place where it is this weekend right now. And I tell you all of that to say, that's the same application for your life. You want it right now. You want it immediate. But it's a process. It's a grind. It's a pushing. It's a, it's a fighting for it. It's, it's not just, oh, I hope it all just shows up on my lap. No. It takes all of those things that are in that process that we, we talked about. Work, knowledge, focus, accountability, application, past experience, good and bad. Sometimes the past experiences of, whoa, that, that didn't work. That actually has helped me so many times in ministry. My failures have helped me in so many ways to become what I need to be as a successful, not successful, but as a, as a leader and as a pastor. Those things have made me who I am in, in gratitude looking at it, having the perspective of what it is. But it's all part of that process. So what will you do? Are you just an events person, just going to the, the, the events, just experiencing the thing? 
or you're going to become a process person saying, I want to grow. I want to get stronger. I want to be better. I want to do more for the kingdom of God. God wants to use you. You've been uniquely designed. We talk about that in Growth Track. Zabrina's going to talk about it in the next 30-minute little lesson that she does. It's, you've been uniquely designed. Your, your context, your situation, your circumstances, your, your unique gifts, they made you to be the person that can have an impact, an eternal impact on those around you. Are you willing to use them? Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to grow? Or are you comfortable and satisfied just being a spectator? Sitting on the sidelines and letting everybody else do it. And at the end of the rope, at the end of the road, you'll be like, oh, I don't even know what happened. Somebody knows. You might as well be one of those. Let me wrap up with this. Let me, let me close this with uh, Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to go beyond uh, uh, where Ricardo preached from last week. I'm going to go into verses 18 and beyond. And, and I want to share this with you because the Apostle Paul, he like is focusing in on Christ and Christ is the supremacy and he holds everything together and don't allow the false teachers to do any of these things. But then, then he just like takes a, a, a detour towards the Christian house, the Christian household. And he says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything you do for this pleases the Lord. And then he says this, and I feel it's fitting for Father's Day. He says, fathers, do not embitter your children or they will be dis become discouraged. Uh, let, me, let me talk about this. So he's, he's really just taking a detour to, to make sure that I've talked to the church, but let me talk to the family. I've covered the church, but let me cover the, 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 the little church, the, the church is in your house, your, your, your family. And he's saying who the father is and who the mother is and what the parents, the children are supposed to do. And he says to the fathers in verse uh, 21, fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. And as I've looked at that and I've thought about that, I'm like embittered. Embittered. I don't even really know what embittered means, but I can imagine the root word is bitter, right? So fathers, don't make your, your kids bitter. So what does that mean? It, it means anytime they ask for the next generation iPhone, just get it for them. No. Let's delete that off the recording. It, it means anytime they say they want to stay out past whatever with whoever they want, just let them do it. Am I right? No. <laughs> They're going to be... They're going to be bitter, but I think this is, this is what he's saying when he says, don't embitter your children. Hey, fathers, because he's talking to fathers. Hey, fathers, be fathers to your children. Hey, fathers, be fathers to your children. That means so that, so that they, when they come across a really, really tough decision, they're going to say, man, if dad was here, this is what he would do. Man, I wish my dad was here with me. He'd help me with this. Man, I'm so thankful for my dad. That's, that's the kind of things that you want your, your kids to say about you. You don't want your kids to say, my dad was never there. Because he was always providing for us. And by providing, he just, like to buy us a lot of stuff and I didn't really need it all it didn't even matter that much and I'm a little bit bitter towards my 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 dad like fathers don't embitter your children I sent a group chat to my brothers this morning uh, as, as I told you we lost our dad last year so this is the first father's day without him ah and uh, so it's tough it's a tough day for that reason uh, but I texted my brothers and my mom in a little group chat and uh, said how proud I was of them. I have three brothers and, and uh, how thankful I am for them and how proud I know dad was of them. 
And my oldest brother's, his reply was, be sure to spend time with your kids. So he's 10 years older than me. He's got like adult kids and even grandkids and stuff like that. I'm just going to pass that advice, his advice on to you. Because maybe he's further along than, than you are, kind of like he is for me. Um, spend time with your kids. Give them your time. You don't have to give them all your money. You don't have to give them all the best things in the world. If you don't want to embitter your children, and I don't mean just temporary embitterment. I'm talking about lifetime regret. Give them some time. Be a father to your children. As we said earlier in the message, becoming a father is instantaneous. But being a father takes the process. It's work. You can do it. You have to do it. You should do it. It's your role. It's your responsibility. With God's help, you can. I believe in you. He goes on and he talks about the, uh, ooh, man. He talks about the, the, the uh, verse 22, he says, Slaves, obey earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you but in the curry of their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. He's, he's not making a political statement or, or any kind of social statement there. It's just the context of the time. And there were Christian slaves that were in the church, obviously. And he was saying to them, hey, uh, do this. And then he and says in verse 23, a very famous verse, he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters. And I think that application is for us. It's not just for a slave and a slave master from the the, the, the Bible times in Colossae, it's for us. It's for employees and employers. It's for, for people that we serve under. It's those that we respect and that are over us. Whatever it is, work at it with all your heart as unto the Lord. Since you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, and it is the Lord Christ you are serving. I hope and I pray that you do what you do not just as a spectator on the sideline, not oblivious, just saying, I don't even know what happened, but working at it as unto the Lord in everything you do, as, as fathers and mothers and parents and teachers and members of society, do it as unto the Lord. And allow Christ to be a reward. Allow Christ to bless you with the things that he wants to bless you with. He has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. It's up to you if you're going to accept it. It's up to you if you're going to allow him to do what he wants to do in you. Stand with me and let's, let's pray together. If you need prayer for any reason at all, as we sing this song, I, I invite you to come to the front this morning and uh, if you want somebody to pray with you, somebody will just come behind you and just pray with you, pray over you pray in your chair, wherever you're at, but this is a moment between you and God where you're able to just say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm needing to make some changes in my life. I've done the events. I've made the decision to follow Jesus. I've, I've accepted Christ as my Savior, but I need to do more. I need to grow. And if that's you today, why not take the step? Say, today is the day. I'm going to become the man of God, the woman of God, the father, the mother, the child, the student, whoever it is that God's calling me to be. Let's pray together and we're going to sing and then I'll close this out in prayer after we sing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for all the things you're doing in our hearts and our lives. God, I thank you for Father's on Father's Day. Oh God, I just give you uh, each and every heart, every situation and circumstance, the things that are going on in the lives of of these your people you know what they need before they even ask god you know those that have maybe made some bad decisions in their past but today's a new day and there's new mercy for the day and i pray today oh god that they would say you know what i'm starting fresh i've decided to follow jesus and i'm i'm going to make some changes with my habits and my attitudes and the things i spend my time on and the, the people i hang around God, I pray that you do a work in lives, hearts.
transform us from the inside out. Do a sanctifying work in us. Make us a new creation in Christ. We need you. We desperately need you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to come and, uh, as we sing, if you want to come and pray, you come forward and someone will come and pray with you.
so this is that moment, this is that event that we talked about earlier. It's that event, that opportunity for you as a, a follower, or maybe not a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, maybe it's a recommitment and, and saying, man, I got to get some things right. But maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it's, it's not just Lord isn't a nickname. Lord means you're Lord. You're the boss. You're in charge. I give you everything. My life, my hurts, my problems, my sin. I give you everything. Today, this, is, this can be the day of salvation. It can be the day when you fully and completely say, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. Save me. Forgive me set me free that's the gospel the gospel is is that Jesus came he paid the ultimate sacrifice his sacrifice was to make wrong things right and those wrong things include the wrong things you've done because he died because of his payment on the cross you can be made right you can be forgiven set free you can be a new creation in Christ with your uh, heads bowed and your eyes closed, I, I just want to make sure, lift the light a little bit so I can see a little bit in the back. I want to make sure this is that opportunity for you, though, and, and for me to give you that. If, if God's speaking to you and you need to make a, a declaration, a commitment to Jesus, I'm not going to call you out or bring you to the front, but if God's speaking to you about saying, yes, Lord, I'm surrendering my life to you, if that's you, just lift your hand right where you're at and say, I'm declaring Jesus is Lord. If that's you, I see your hand in the back. Praise God. Anybody else? Anybody else? I won't wait long. Anybody else? If that's you, make that decision. Make this that moment for you. Man, let's give God praise for this one. For even one. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Scripture says the angels in heaven are rejoicing over even the one. Maybe today with uh, everybody in the room knows, and I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads on this, but if you would say, Pastor, you know what? I, I need to step into my growth phase. I've, I've been too long living on the event of salvation, and I need to start experiencing transformation. I need to start like changing and growing and, and going through that process, which takes work and knowledge and experience and all of those things that we talked about, accountability and all those things. I need that. I want that. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, I need that in my life. If that's you today, I see your hand. I see your hand. Praise God. I see your hand. Praise God. I see your hand. Praise God. Being bold. Praise God. Let me lift both of my hands. I need it. I need it. Thank you for your honesty, those of you that didn't raise your hand, but you need it. You need it. If you're like, I'm already in it, then that's good. Maybe that's what I didn't understand. Maybe you're already in it. But make sure that you're in it. Make sure that you're doing it. Grow. Don't live off of yesterday's mercy. Don't live off of what happened back when you were a kid. Like literally experience the mercy and the, the transformational work of God today. That's what I want for you more than anything else as I pastor you and lead you. And it, it takes work. It takes work for me and I'm going to work at it. And, until everybody's hands are up, I'll keep working. Or until God calls me otherwise. Let me pray with you. Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, we just give it to you. God, I want to see, I want to see so, so many of the people in our city, God, come to know you and experience the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and that transformational event that happens. And I thank you for the work that happened and and this one man in the back, I thank you for him and bless him and be with him today. Touch him, father and a husband, and just a man of God, work in him. God, in the others that lifted their hands, God, I pray for them as they grow and they're, they're taking steps and they want to discover their purpose and begin to make a difference and they want to find freedom from their yesterdays. God, help them. Help them to grow in that grace and that knowledge. God, for those that didn't raise their hand, Father, I lift them up before you and I say, God, help them. 
show them, open their eyes. God, may they, may they, if they have been a spectator, may they step off of the sideline and get in the game. God, if they've been oblivious, may they no, be oblivious no more. May they be a leader. May they begin to make things happen in their lives and in their communities and in their families. I pray especially for fathers today, that fathers would know their spiritual role, spiritual leaders to their house. Help them today. I pray for single moms that are hearing that and saying, well, what am I supposed to do? I, I ask that you would help them, and I pray that you would bring a spiritual father into their life. And in that, in that time also, that that mom would know that they have assumed that role, touch them and help them, but pr provide helpers for these that are dealing with that. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that you're patient with us. We thank you that your mercy is new. We thank you that you love us and you walk with us. And, and no matter the pace we're at, no matter the process or the step we are in the process, that you never leave us nor forsake us. You're so good. And we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, if you made a decision, come on up, Pastor Rick. If you made a decision for Christ, uh, or if you didn't raise your hand, but you're, you're saying, I need to take steps. Pastor Rick is one of our pastors here. He preached last week. He wants to meet you at the Next Steps tent today, now, like right after we get out. Grab a shish kebab, but grab him as well. Yeah. And talk about growing in your faith, getting involved, getting plugged in. We want to help you take next steps. All right, thank you. Come on, Mike. Good morning, church. You may be seated. Happy Father's Day to the dads out there. What an amazing service. What an amazing message, worship experience. What a way to start off your Father's Day, right? Or not. If you don't have, or not. That's fine, too. So, as many of you know, my wife is pregnant. I'm, I'm going to become a father very soon. So, I'm, yeah, you can, you can clap for that. Do I get a shish kebab? All right. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. No, I've got some announcements for you guys. Uh, just to let you know what's going on here at Renew Church. So as Pastor Trevor mentioned earlier, Growth Track. Go to Growth Track if you've never been, if, if, if you want to get plugged in, if you want to take a next step, if you want to serve, make a difference, but you don't really know what you're good at or what areas you're, 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 you're fit for or, or, or anything, go to Growth Track. There's a super cool tool that lets you know your spiritual gifts, your, your personality type, and it helps you get a clearer vision of, of what it is that you're gifted at, what you're good at, and where you can get plugged in and make a difference for the church. So if you haven't gone, it's worth your time. I promise. Check that out. Also, another thing that you can do as a next step is join a small group. Our small groups are off and running. We've got um, so many different groups throughout the week. There's one for you. I guarantee it. It's, it's, it's that next step of saying, you know what, I've, I've, maybe I've never done something like this, or maybe it's been a, a really long time since I've done something like this. But I would, I would urge you, I would encourage you to take that step, get into a small group, share your life with some people, be vulnerable, be, be real, be prayed for, pray for others, and experience the growth that happens in small groups. We have a, a, a big uh, TV board um, to your left once you get out of, of, uh, of the worship center in our courtyard. Scan a QR code there, join a group, contact a leader. Guys, join a small group. Also, um, dads, got some instructions for you. Because yes, we're having shish kebabs. There's a little bit of a car show out there. But one dad is going to have the opportunity to win a smoker. Nobody cares. Great. All right. Guess, uh, guess that's not that exciting. No, it's super exciting, guys. Can we give it? It's a free smoker. If you want to enter a chance to get the free smoker, you need to fill out one of these connect cards. Put it legibly. We want to be able to read your name. Um, and you can drop that off in the table there where the grill is for the shish kebabs. Get a shish kebab. Enter for the chance to win a smoker. Check out the cards. Have a great, great Sunday. Lastly, if you want to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes and the seat pocket in front of you. And you can drop them off in the bucket on your way out. Second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. God, I, I thank you for, for all the fathers in the room. Father, I pray that they would have a great day, that they would feel honored, blessed, and loved. Um, Lord, I pray for this offering. 
God, that you would bless it, that you would use it, that you would, um, God, just see our worship, Lord, and, 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 and use it and, and continue to multiply um, God's souls into the kingdom of God, Lord. God, we thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you next week.